Hello, hello, and welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host, Aurora, and I'm very excited to have Ryan Matthew with me today. He is a healer, a healer of some sort. Like I follow him on Facebook. I read his posts, and he's not the kind of healer who's going to pamper you, who's going to make you feel good all the time. He's the kind of healer who shakes you and wakes you up and makes you aware of your BS that you're living and wants you to break free from victim mentality and playing small. He is a hell of a person. I can tell already we only had a 15-minute talk here last week, but I'm very excited to be collaborating with Ryan and to have A conversation today, a conversation about masculine, feminine, about being a complex human being and not only one-sided and narrow-minded. Welcome to the show, Ryan Matthew. Thank you so much for making the time and thank you so much for inviting us a little bit into your world and how you approach healing And all the content you put out there, we want to know everything about you. <laughs> well, thank you for that awesome introduction. That was uh, incredible. Um, I really appreciate the work that you're doing as well. And I love what we're able to do as humans and how dynamic we can be and all the very different ways we can help each other heal. And um, I love what you said about uh, me not being able Or, or me not being afraid of uh, pointing out the BS. Um, I, I think there's a way to do that. Sometimes you kind of have to circle around it a little bit and, and create some awareness and allow the person to see it themselves. And sometimes I think it's beneficial to, uh, you know, speak to it very directly. And I think that's kind of what you want to talk about today is that that balance of things. Like we're not, I'm not just uh, going to go at everything very direct, very hard all the time. It's about uh, creating an awareness of the situation, seeing what the situation needs, and then responding appropriately, you know? Uh, so I love that. So some of the um, some of the things that are going on in my life right now, so uh, I install currently install lightning protection systems on commercial buildings, skyscrapers, things like that across the Northeast of the United States. Um, I am writing a chapter for a book called The Divine Union. Um, it's wisdom from leaders who honor the divine masculine and feminine. Um, I have a music project called Full Shine. It's F-O-O-L Shine, because we're just a couple of fools, but we're still shining. We're having fun. And uh, <laughs> and then I'm also uh, a couple months away from getting my coaching certification from IPEC, which is the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. Um, and I'll be starting that business uh, at some point as well. And it's really all, all of it is really centered on creating space for people, supporting people um, while they do their own healing. You know, I, I'm not, I don't think that I'm better than anyone or above anyone, or I need to help anyone. Um, everybody needs to help themselves, right? And so that's what it's about is creating a safe container where people feel like they can do that without fear, uh, without you know, well, just fear in general, but fear of judgments, fear of criticisms, fear of um, other people's fear. And so I feel like, you know, my mission right now is to help create that space, um, stand firmly in the middle 
uh, create unity um, and, you know, stand for truth, stand for respect, stand for sovereignty. Mm. This is sweet music in my ears. And I love, yeah, like I said earlier, how complex you approach living and how you approach healing from all different kinds of angles like music is so healing and creating a safe space is so healing and then receiving advice from you is healing but also having the space to realize on like at your own time where you want to heal and grow and I feel one thing that we really have in common too is that we notice the gap between the feminine and the masculine and how we want to unite again and how was it um, on your journey my listeners know quite well why I'm doing what I'm doing but how what was it for you like what did you have to go through um, in order to want to heal this in society hmm. um, well I had to go through it in myself first right so everything that every every issue that we see in the world today is inside of us somewhere. Mm. And um, I realized when I went through my divorce that my part of uh, the divorce and my relationship ending was that I didn't have a healthy relationship with my own feminine energy. Um, I could not hold space for my ex-wife when she was uh, in turmoil, when she was going through something emotionally I couldn't hold space for her because I couldn't hold space for myself. And so ultimately what we're talking about is the divine, like the divine union that we're talking about that needs to happen in society so that society can come together in its wholeness as a collective needs to happen in us first. We're not going to be able to unite anyone if we're divided within ourselves. Right. And so That's really why I'm so passionate about people taking responsibility is because I know that I, <laughs> I can't change anybody. The only thing I can do is change myself. And when I do so, so over the last three years, there's been a ton of stuff and we can dive into it more, I'm sure. But over the last three years, my world, what I see in the world has changed completely. I mean, I am a totally different person than I was today. And so the world around me looks completely different because we see the world as we are, not as, you know, what we believe the world to be. So, um, so it really just starts by, you know, I, one thing that was so powerful for me was, I think it was Byron Katie. She said something like, whenever I judge someone else, I turn it back on myself. And so if I'm criticizing someone else, I say, do I do that? Like ever, do I ever do what I'm criticizing this person for? Maybe not in this very particular situation that I'm witnessing in front of me right now, but you know, say somebody is being very selfish and you're saying, am I ever selfish? And if you really look at it and you are really honest with yourself, everybody's selfish at some point. Right. And so it creates this space of like, I'm selfish. Why am I selfish? So maybe why is that person being selfish in this moment? It allows you to have empathy for people. You know, when you're able to put it back on yourself and you say, 
you know, okay, everything that I'm experiencing, right. Or everything they're experiencing right now, I also experience. Well, now you just realize that we're all the same. We're all dealing with the same stuff. The problem is, is that we don't admit it to ourselves, you know, we, and we stay in our shadow about it. And, and when we don't admit things to ourselves, there's, I mean, that's the gateway to everything, right? That they say that with addiction, first, you have to admit that you're addicted to something. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the same thing, like healing our traumas and, and saying, you know, okay, I have an abandonment wound how do I address this? If you, if you're not admitting that you have an abandonment wound and I have had one, believe me, I probably still do. It's still buried in there somewhere. Um, but if you're not admitting that to yourself, you can never really start to work on it because you're just in denial. And so I'm very passionate about every individual taking responsibility for themselves so that we as a collective can take responsibility together. And that, you know, if that happens, if every person takes responsibility and we come together as a united collective, there is no limit to what we could do to change this world, you know? Yes. Yes. Oh, this makes so much sense. And what I'm learning while I'm listening to you right now is that when we are in denial of our shadows, it also gives us a false sense of power, right? We look at the other person and say, oh, she's being selfish because I'm never selfish, but she is being selfish. And now I'm going to make her feel bad about it. I will guilt trip. I will punish. And all we're doing is punishing ourselves. But we think we're doing it to the other person and not knowing that we're poisoning our own environment, like our head, our body, um, everything in in not seeing where we still can grow and it's it's really tough you know like you could probably agree that when you start started out on this journey you were like holy shit like I was responsible for all this all the time and I blamed it on somebody else oh I'm such a horrible person right Um, like to, to then not drift into self-hate and regret and 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 you know to numb this out with alcohol or drugs now like it's it's such a courageous path to be on and people have to know that waking up and realizing things is not always nice it's tough um but it is so worth to walk that path and and to be lonely for a certain time um how about loneliness? Do you feel loneliness at times when you when you started out on that path um, or still to this day? Um, and the importance of alone time and allowing to feel lonely. Yeah, so um, I can't say I really experience loneliness anymore, uh, but I definitely did when I started this. When basically when I cracked open and when I decided that I didn't know everything and I was willing to learn from other people who had more experience than me, who had done more work than me, uh, and, and put, put aside my dogmatic thinking, you know, because I think we all kind of get conditioned by the world and then we're like, okay, this is how the world is. I'm right. Everybody else is wrong, right? This is an unhealthy growing of the ego. And so then we have all these unhealthy egos, which are really just a bunch of hurt children running around hurting everybody. And 
And so when I put that aside and I said, you know what? I am one person out of what? 7.8 billion people on the planet right now. How arrogant is it of me to think that I have it all figured out and that everybody else is wrong? And there is a wealth of knowledge in every single person, right? We all go through life so differently. We've all been brought up through so many different experiences and cultures and all this stuff. And so when we allow ourselves to be open to different ideas, different perceptions, different ways of doing things, it's not saying that everybody else has it figured out either. Um, so there's a, a matter of trust that needs to be built between your own intuition and yourself. Um, but when we allow ourselves to be open, you know, I, I went to some retreats, uh, I hired a coach, I invested in myself, right? I spent a lot of money on this over, over the last three years. Um, but ultimately, it was because I was so miserable with thinking that I was right and everybody was wrong. That's where the real loneliness came in, was I had separated myself from everyone because my ego was like, no, this is the right way, right? And and it was so lonely there. And, and basically all that I had was, were superficial attachments to people that really had no depth at all. And so when I allowed myself to open up and start to connect with different people, uh, and a lot of amazing, unconditionally loving people held so much beautiful space for me and allowed me to play around with childlike innocence in all these new realms of things that I was exploring. And they were like, yeah, you're doing great. And I was like a freaking mess, you know, but they weren't judging me. And that was so important. And so you feel that from certain people. Um, and, and that just helped me to keep going. You know, and then these people, you know, as you start to shift out of this dogmatic way of thinking, right, you're separating from other people that may agree with you and they're very firm in their beliefs and they're very stuck in their dogma. Um, you start breaking away from those people and that scares them. And so they kind of try to like claw back at you and then you learn to set healthy boundaries for yourself and like, no, my time and energy is worth it and I deserve to be respected. And so you start to set healthy boundaries. You start to see people fall away when you do that. Yeah. And so there was a period of loneliness, you know, before I started this work and then and that was the worst of it. And then also after I got into it, because people from what I call my old life, because it is so foreign to me now, people from my old life started to fall away. And there was a time where there really wasn't a whole lot of people on the other side that were in my life. And so for a little while, I felt very unsupported. Um, I felt like the support that was coming my way was just another form of dogma. And they were like, we love and support you, but you know, you basically have to believe what we believe, <laughs> which was basically what I came from. Right. Um, and so, but then through the work and through speaking my truth and sharing my story, you start to people that resonate with that start to come into your life. And I have two dear, dear friends that came into my life and I haven't even met them in person yet, which is the funny part. We met over zoom. We still communicate over zoom and over the phone, but I consider them to be two of my best friends. They're just unconditionally loving, non-judgmental. Um, we challenge each other all the time. We don't have conversations about superficial stuff. I mean, it's all deep. I get on the phone with my buddy, Jim and it's like, Hey man, how you doing? 
And he's like, I'm good. I feel like what's going on in the world right now. I mean, we just jump right into some really deep topic. And so those are the relationships where when you're accessing a depth in your communication with each other and the conversations that you're having, the conversations that we're having right now, that is like, that's where we actually all want to be. I feel like is that depth. Like we are so dynamic as human beings and we've lost that. And so you start to feel that again. And it is like the warmest sensation out there. Mm. And, and, but there is a period of loneliness that I feel like is inevitable. And anybody that I've talked to that's done this work will say the same thing. Loneliness is part of it. And I've had to face that wound of not wanting to be alone, you know, because, because I had to, I had to be alone for a little while. And, and, you know, I would go back to the people from my old life, seeking their approval, things like that, because I didn't want to be alone. And then I eventually had to be honest with myself about that too, and say, why am I seeking approval from people that I really don't agree with in any capacity anymore? Um, and I love them and, and you know, I, I cherish their freedom to think what they think, but it really isn't resonating with me anymore. Why am I still seeking their approval? Well, because I didn't want to be alone. And so that was a wound that I had to heal. And now I'll be alone all the time. <laughs> really. And I still don't feel lonely. I still feel so connected to everything. Um, I mean, I just spent four days and four nights out in the woods with no food and no water in a native American ceremony. And I felt more connected to life than I've ever felt before. Um, and so, you know, but that all comes from healing those wounds. But anyway, I'm kind of getting off on a rant here or, or a tangent. There, there is loneliness that has to be faced and I have absolutely faced that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is so beautiful. Like, especially when you talk about your last four days, it sounds like you are able to source love and energy from nature and from the good people that are around you. And food is our primary like thing to to restore our energy. But for some reason, you you manage to tap in a diff into a different like. I don't know, dimension, how do you call this? Um, where you where you fill your your energy tank off or uh in with with nature. Is it is that did I get that right? No water and no food for four days. Yeah, so so the ceremony is four days and four nights long. I came down after three days and three nights uh because I felt called to come down off the hill. Yeah. Um but yeah, no food water for four days, four nights. Um, you're sitting in a little six foot by eight foot rectangle. Um, and you know, part of what I experienced out there was, you know, I'm looking at all these ants crawling on the ground around me. You know, I, I don't have a bed or anything. You're just sleeping on the ground. And, um, and I'm looking at all these ants and these birds up in the trees and all these little creatures, right? And I'm watching these ants just go back and forth between wherever they were coming from, back to their home with these little twigs in their mouth or leaves in their mouth or, or you know, another dead ant in their mouth or whatever. And I'm like, these ants are just like me. They're fulfilling their purpose. They're just doing their thing. They're surviving. They're building a home. They're eating. I was like, and they have everything they need right on the ground, right in front of them. 
the leaves, the twigs, whatever they need for their home, it's right there. And there's this huge colony of ants that's thriving underground somewhere. I don't know where their home actually was, <laughs> but you know, and so I realized that the same is for us and something that was in the Bible came back to me. I think Jesus said, you know, if the birds of the trees and the insects of the forest, uh, you know, the smallest creatures that are in existence are important enough to God to have their needs met. What makes you think your needs aren't going to be met? And that came back to me in a different way after this experience of if I'm doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing, healing myself, supporting others while they do their own healing, living into the purpose um, of why I feel like I'm here, all my needs will always be met. And so I got an immense amount of peace after that experience of, okay, I'm on my path. I'm not worried about anything. And I mean, I've just been in a flow state for, you know, a couple of months now. Um, but it's, it really is very powerful. And so when we can see that, you know, a big problem in our society today is people are not living their purpose. People are feeling unfulfilled. They're feeling like their lives don't matter. And that comes from a place inside of not feeling whole, not feeling loved, not feeling um, important or like they're, they have anything to contribute. And, and all that stems from, uh, uh, you know, the way we were raised, our conditioning, all that stuff. And so, but when we do this work and we heal inside and we become whole, we live life so much lighter. It's, it's like you just go through life knowing that everything is going to be provided for you. Uh, even, even the bad, you know, what we would judge as bad experiences, right? Even that is for us. I mean, I broke my ankle. Uh, this was, this was kind of one of the catalytic events that happened for me recently is I broke my ankle at work. Um, and it was like the dumbest thing. Like I was just like stepping over this little fence and my foot got caught and I snapped my ankle. Um, and you know, for about 15 minutes, I was laying on the ground in agonizing pain, uh, causing way more pain on top of it by thinking about, Oh shit, how am I going to pay my bills? I know this is going to put me out of work for a few months. All these other anxieties came in and layered on top. And then I remembered what Dr. David Hawkins said in his book, one of his books, he has a lot that I read, but um, one of his books, he said, when you focus, when you bring all your attention to the pain, it eventually runs out. And so I did that with my ankle and the pain ran out after about 10 or 15 minutes. And I was able to get to a place of peace where I said, okay, what opportunities are going to be opened up because of this? And my boss called me like five or 10 minutes later and was like, Hey, we don't want to put this through workman's comp. I just want to pay you your full salary and we'll cover all your medical bills for however long that you're out. And I was like, okay, that's amazing. So there goes all my needs being provided for. Right. What I didn't know at the time was that was going to lead into uh, the darkest darkest depths of my shadow that I could have ever experienced. I mean, I worked full time, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. I was going through coaching school. I was building an HR program uh, for the company that I work for now before I broke my ankle. And so I went from doing things 90 hours a week 
to sitting on my couch with a leg cast on, not really being able to do anything. And I was in a very toxic relationship at the time. That relationship ended up ending. I fell down my stairs on my crutches. I broke my leg cast. I put a giant hole in the, in the wall at the bottom of my staircase. And, and that was when, that was when I broke open. So I had cracked open before that, right? I started introducing these things and trying on new concepts and learning. That was when I had the biggest release of energy out of my body that I've ever had grief, rage. I mean, I sat at the bottom of my stairs and I cried for hours and uh, later that week, I, I raged for hours in my living room. I was screaming at the top of my lungs, failing my arms. I probably looked like a lunatic. If you had walked in on me, you would have wanted to run the hell out of there. Um, but that it was all that stuff that was locked up in my emotional body. And it wasn't just from my ankle. It wasn't just from falling down the stairs. It wasn't just from my relationship ending. It was those old wounds, those generational patterns, the conditioning of my life and the lives of my parents and their parents that was coming through. And so it was so much pain. You know, you cry when a relationship ends. It's hard. This was so different for me. It was like I was crying because of all the relationships my mom went through that ended that caused her to be in such pain that she couldn't show up the way that she was supposed to show up for us when she was raising us as children. And so it led to this whole other cycle of pain for me that I had to work through. And then I became angry at the world. You know, I, I, I think we're all angry at the world to a certain degree because of our conditioning, but I had gone into that rage. I went in there with all of my attention and I, and that's what made me so passionate about doing this work and becoming a healer and supporting people while they do their healing is because all that pain that I felt in that moment at the bottom of my staircase, when I was raging on my couch in my living room, all of that stemmed from other people not doing their work and hurting everybody else because of it. And, and I'm not angry at those people at all. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that when we do our work, we, we can cure generational curses. We can, you know, you can call them whatever you want. Um, but there's a timeline of things that happen, right. And, and, you know, my mother was very hurt by her mother. I was very hurt by my mother. And if I don't address that, I'm going to hurt my children as well. When I go into those wounds and I release that rage and that grief, first of all, I mean, my body feels better than it ever has because all that junk is out of there. But second of all, I'm able to look at people with compassion and say, wow, she is really treating her child like crap right now. And I feel so sorry for her instead of getting angry again, stepping in, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes you have to step in if there's abuse, but, um, you know, being angry, judging that person. Now you're just adding to the pain that they're putting out into the world instead of having compassion for somebody. Um, and so we're able to get into that compassionate place, that heart centered, empathetic place. When we look at the wounds that we have in our own lives and, and we're able to heal stuff that would have just continued forever, right? Like another little child as a 30 year old man hurting somebody else because he hasn't dealt with his stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I, I feel like I, again, I kind of went on a tangent here. I don't even remember what your original question was, but I'm not sure if it matters. Um, so that's, that's what made me so passionate about doing this healing was going into those dark, dark places and then seeing what life looks like on the other side, yeah. walking a little taller, uh, yeah. you know, feeling a little lighter, feeling like I can hold so much more and I don't feel like a victim and I don't feel like, you know, the world is out to get me or against me. I feel like everything in the world is happening for me. And I've been shown that so many times in my life that, and I, I want everybody to feel that, you know, mm-hmm. even the bad things, even the broken ankles, even the ended relationships, even the holes in your drywall, you know, it's all happening for us. And yeah, that's why I'm here is to help people find that, you know. Oh man, that's so powerful. And I listen to you and then I, I start thinking now, like, how can I, because I feel that buildup inside of me. I can feel the pain from my mom and my grandpa and my dad and grandma. I feel I want to explode and get rid of all that pain, but how can I do it without breaking my ankle? That's my question right now. Will I need to <laughs> roll my ankle? <laughs> clash um but but yeah you describe it so vividly and i can see it you're breaking a vicious cycle so to, so to say an emotional vicious cycle and you were able to break out because you choose to not see yourself as a victim you choose to see this as an opportunity to create your own sense of masculinity and femininity and um i'm so excited right now you can see it i'm all um, on I can feel fire. it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I want to ask you, like, ah, oh, the time is running, but I feel we need to to meet up again. I want to ask you, um, you went through all this, and and you were able to release this pain. Your sense of masculinity must have changed. Like when you look at yourself when you first got engaged or or married um your your ex-wife and now you look at at ryan today like the shift that you have done and and how would you describe that feeling and how do you um observe the interaction with women like how it changed from back then to now how has your relation uh changed with women ever since um, yeah, so back then I was uh, very emasculated. I, I don't even know if I want to call myself masculine at that point. Uh, a masculine shadow for sure. Um, but it was very, I was very much a people pleaser. Um, I've always been a good provider. Um, I've, you know, financially, uh, security, things like that. That's always come naturally to me. Um, but as far as being able to hold space for women, I was terrible at that because I couldn't manage my own emotions. Right. And, um, and I was very much a people pleaser. Like I said, I had an abandonment wound. I didn't want people to leave. Uh, I became a doormat in certain situations, uh, where women just kind of walked all over me. Uh, I was very irritated, very angry all the time. There was a subtle layer of frustration that I lived with for so long before that, uh, before all this stuff happened. Um, 
And, you know, it, it would, it would come to a head very often. And, and, you know, I'd be working on, you know, I had a landscaping business for a while. I'd be working on a lawnmower or something and I, something wouldn't go my way. And I'd chuck my wrench across the wall. You know, we see this all the time with men. They're just throwing things. I mean, this was me, you know, this was me. And, um, and that anger, I mean, oh, you're just angry at everything. And, and there are plenty of things that, that kind of, we need to be angry about in the, in the world today. Um, but that subtle layer of anger was really just covering up all the hurt that was inside of me from my mother controlling me when I was younger for my parents, um, not accepting me for who I was and trying to get me to fit into this box of who they thought I should be. Um, and, you know, always saying, Oh, Ryan, that's so great, but you could do it better this way next time or something, you know, and that really develops this whole thing of, well, I'm not good enough because I, it's great, but it could be better. Right. Um, and so when I work through all that stuff, it's, uh, you know, when you think you're not good enough, you have no confidence who the hell would when they're thinking that. Um, and when I realized that I was enough just as I am, um, and every flaw and positive thing all thrown in there, I am everything, right? I'm still insecure. I still work through wounds every day. Um, and so I'm not going to deny that. And I think that's the key is you're owning your shit. You're just saying like, yeah, it wasn't really fair that my parents did that for me, but it happened to me and it's my responsibility to deal with it now. And so I have this very strong sense of confidence knowing that I am strong enough to deal with that stuff now. Um, and I'm definitely not a doormat anymore. And I very much hold space for women. Uh, and they feel that there's many women that reach out to me and tell me their stories uh, because they can feel that my energy is pure and that I don't want anything from them. I don't need anything from them. I stand true in myself. I have a good balance in my own psyche, my own body of my masculine and feminine polarities. And they are married inside of me. And that's the thing is we need to marry our own polarities inside ourselves before we can ever marry with a divine feminine woman, you know, who stands in her power. A man who isn't married within himself is never going to be able to, to maintain a marriage with a woman who is firm in herself. He'll be insecure as hell the whole time uh, because he knows that something's off. And so uh, I'm very confident in myself now and, and women feel that. And, um, and so it's a power that can very easily be abused. And I'm aware of that. And I'm very keen to recognize that, uh, it is a responsibility to live here and to hold space for women so that they, I mean, and I'll just be honest without women, I wouldn't be here right now standing in this energy, embodying what I embody. I mean, it is the women in my life that were whole within themselves that nurtured everything that I was going through. You know, I called my friend Sarah at two o'clock in the morning when I was needed to rage in my living room. And she told me, Ryan, you have to get yourself irrational. Let yourself feel your body. It's not your, you know, get out of your head. You're not going to rationalize any of this. Just scream, just let yourself do it. And without her support, I wouldn't have felt you know, work through that rage. And so, um, I forget where I was going with this. Um, but yeah, I mean, the marriage inside comes first. And then when you unite with other divine masculine men, divine women, and you respect each other's sovereignty, I mean, 
it is just a beautiful, beautiful place to live. It's, it's harmonious. It is respectful. It is love in the deepest form. Um, and it's, it's magic really. And that's the difference between where I was before and where I was today. No magic, absolute magic, absolute passion, love for life, love for everything, every experience. That's, that's a difference. Oh my goodness. That's uh I love when you say like the masculine and feminine has to get married inside of you first, because otherwise in the outside world, we see separation and we act separately from each other. And um, so deeply inspiring. Like I love the words that you use and I love, yeah, to, to really picture your pain and everything you've gone through to see you now happy and and like resolved so to say and and standing your truth standing your man and it's uh, so incredibly attractive like super magnetic and um yeah i'm i just feel so blessed to to have met you and to have you on my show and um no Incredible. Thank you so much. Um, I will make sure to let people know how they can contact you. Is it Facebook that is the easiest? Yeah, Facebook. I'm just on there as Ryan Matthew. Uh, I have a couple other pages. Full Shine has a page on Facebook. You can search Full Shine on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever and check out our music. We have a new album coming out in the fall. Um, you know, and thank you for the work that you're doing. You know, I really honor and respect you. Um, and you know, what you're doing is very magnetic as well. The conversations that you're having with other men, uh, and women is, is super inspiring. I've listened to a couple other episodes that have been on here, very similar things to what we've talked about today. And it's just very much in line with, with that divine union, uh, within ourselves. And I love the work that you're doing and I really respect you. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah, make sure to check out Ryan Matthew on Facebook um, and Full Shine on Spotify um, or on Facebook. This music is incredible, like very, very good for your heart and your soul. Uh, yeah, that was it. Thanks for listening. If you haven't yet, please subscribe. And if you want to leave me tap on the shoulder make sure to leave a review on apple podcast it would mean the world to me thank you so much for listening until next time bye bye